Welcome to another HLS podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me MD Tex. And as always, you can subscribe to us over on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean. And of course, you can always find us over at our home at HerLoyalSons.com. Come join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel. You can find us there, HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord. You can also email the show, podcast at HerLoyalSons.com. And typically, this would be the time that I would welcome Shane in here. But uh, as has kind of been happening for the the past couple of months, unfortunately, uh, Shane had some stuff crop up and uh, not able to join us today. So I am going to be running solo for this show. But quite frankly, uh, if there was a show for Shane to miss, this is not particularly a bad one. Because as you're going to quickly find out, this is not going to be the most jam-packed, exciting week of college football. And yes, I know typically when we say that, it's okay, well, some craziness might happen. Well, while there's still some potential for craziness to happen, you got a lot of teams taking the FCS tour, especially down in the uh, the SEC. Uh, and now that, and we'll talk about it more when we get to the game preview, but now that you have uh, games that maybe once had a little bit more luster and, and now certain conferences are, are, are kind of looking a little mediocre across the board, uh, some bigger matchups, not really, uh, you know, getting the same kind of hype that you would uh, initially think, not a whole lot of ranked matchups. And in fact, there's only one the entire week and Notre Dame playing Navy. So, I mean, just a perfect storm of not a whole lot of exciting, you know, get you hyped on a, a Saturday type things. A window of opportunity quite abundant this time around. Uh, but we are going to go ahead. We will get you ready for the week. We will talk some college football playoff rankings. But first, I uh, want to at least mention a little bit of news, and that is that Jeff Long is not going to return as the Arkansas Athletic Director. Uh, and I think this is a precursor to the fact that that SEC coaching carousel is about to get a little bit crazier. Uh, th- this can't uh, be very good for Brett Blylema at all. Uh, Long, a-, a pretty big proponent of him. And it's almost a, you know, Auburn, you know, had this happen to them as well. And then all they did was beat Georgia. So this may not be the complete death kneel uh, for uh, Blylema, but we will see what happens. Uh, I'll tell you what, Arkansas has certainly not looked anything remotely close to Auburn this season. Um, but man, I, I tell you what, the SEC is is throwing that coaching carousel into a whirlwind. Last last season was the ACC, or last couple of seasons ago was the ACC, really getting that into overgear, and it looks like the uh, the SEC is gonna <laughs> flush a lot of people out this time around. Uh, and the other piece of breaking news, um, that is the college football playoff ranking. So let's go ahead and talk about them before we get into the games, because with all the craziness that happened, especially within the top four. 
We have a brand spanking new top four. Uh, what was happening the last two weeks? Didn't see a lot of change. Now everything changed. So your new number one team, no surprise, that is Alabama. Number two is now Clemson. Number three, Miami. Number four, Oklahoma. And your new first two out is Wisconsin and then Auburn. And, uh, you know, this this makes, you know, a lot of sense, quite frankly. Um, everybody kind of shifting up quite a bit. Miami making the huge jump after the dominating win against Notre Dame. And, I mean, if you're Wisconsin, you know, now things are kind of shuffling out for you. Uh, they got a little bit of a quality win finally uh, against Iowa, so that bumped them up. And, and now they're going to be facing Michigan this week, and they have the Big Ten title game staring them in the face. Uh, they've clinched their spot there. So all it, it really kind of gives a signal that, yeah, if Wisconsin wins out, they will be right into the thick of things, especially because two of those teams in the top four are in the ACC, and they're going to face each other. So, you know, it, it's really kind of worked out, at least for the committee, even with this kind of craziness that's happening right now everybody's kind of playing each other filtering things out and uh right now the the only I, I guess real wild card at least for what we can see right now would be if Auburn just completely wrecks everything and takes Bama down and, and that will cause all kinds of a whirlwind there but um still you know a lot of things to happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we will, we will just see what happens. Uh, Notre Dame uh, only falls down to eight, so falls five spots. Uh, they call in to fall behind a nice little neat line here that runs from six to eight. Uh, that starts with number six, Auburn. Then you got Georgia. Auburn beats Georgia. Georgia beats Notre Dame. So six, seven, eight really makes a whole heck of a lot of sense there. Um, and really, with and we said it before uh, on the last show that yes, the Notre Dame loss was absolutely terrible, pathetic. Use whatever word you want to, uh, but we did say, look, you know, Notre Dame's not going to follow the top ten with the resume that they have. Now, um, Auburn gets to kind of leapfrog them in the in the little, you know, uh, transitive property chain that got set up because of the Georgia win. Uh, but I mean, you know, all things that this seems about right. And, and like we said uh, on the on the last podcast that Notre Dame, I mean, would you really look at it? Uh, they've been beat by two teams that are either playoff teams or, or just in the case of Georgia on the outside, kind of looking in just a little bit. And Notre Dame seems to be right outside of there, which feels about right based on what we've seen. Uh, and, and to that point, I mean, the losses right now are two top 10 losses, one to Miami, one to Georgia, so number three and number seven. Uh, but on the other hand, you still have a whole heck of a lot of good wins, and that is now number 11, Southern Cal, number 17, Michigan State. The uh, the big blowout loss from Ohio State didn't really do too much damage to them. You have number 19, North Carolina State, and still to come, Thanks to their win over Washington, Stanford is now back in the top 25, number 22, Stanford. So it's interesting, you know, the way our fan base is, you know, there's still obviously going to be that segment that is so angry they want to see the program in upheaval. And then you got the other one that's just like, well, hold on a second. Let's let's stick out some of that hope. Is there a way, is there a path for Notre Dame to get back into this the playoff picture? Now, okay, the answer is yes, you know, it's the dumb and dumber. Yes, so you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance everything goes crazy and Notre Dame could find their way back into it. But, man, that is that is so remote. It is absolutely the last thing on my mind. 
what this ranking says to me more than anything else, it's not that, oh, well, maybe Notre Dame has this outside shot. It's that Notre Dame has really solidified, at least in the committee's mind, that they've done enough to be considered part of the top 10 of college football, even with two losses, one of them really bad. And if they just keep on winning out, they should be a lock for a New Year's Six Bowl. It's going to be very hard, I think, for the committee to keep a 10-2 and two Irish out of those New Year's Six games. So that's that's more what this ranking's telling me right here, is that you know Notre Dame is still in the thick of it there. So just let the rest of the season happen. Let's see what happens in the Iron Bowl. Let's see what happens in the SEC title game, ACC title game, and, and just you know let the chips fall while they may. So, yeah, there's a chance, I guess, if you really want to define it. Yes, technically there's a chance, but really that there really isn't one. Remove it so far from your mind. Uh, I, I wouldn't even bother with that. And, and I still feel like, you know, Notre Dame is still playing with a little bit of house money right now. But um, And Rake Samalo... Uh, Chris, uh, he used a great uh, little analogy about, you know, being on a big heater at the craps table and, you know, you're just on this hot streak. You're just making money left and right. And then finally, you know, the seven out happens and you're just looking at all the money that gets uh, taken up from the table. Uh, but you still look down and you're like, you know, I, I got a couple of healthy stacks. So as far as Notre Dame's concerned, yeah, you still have a little bit of bank. You still got a little bit of house money to play with, but definitely want to push it back in there and, and see if you can get on another little run here before the season ends. So you're just looking for that last little bit, and that can either blow up spectacularly in your face or it can end you on one heck of a high because you just pushed it in at the right moment and you didn't quite walk away from the table quite yet. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I was really... You know, Notre Dame landed exactly kind of where I thought they were. Uh, I thought they would either be eight or nine uh, at, at kind of at best. Uh, eight would have been a higher end. I actually thought they would either be, you know, nine, maybe ten. But, hey, it, what what the, the playoff committee put out, it, it all, you know, kind of makes sense based on where Notre Dame was before, based on the resume. So that's where we are. And that moves us on to doing the previews for <laughs> this week, which, man, like, like I said, the SEC, for the most part, is taking a tour of the FCS. Uh, the Big 12, typically November in the Big 12 is a really exciting time. Uh, but right now, they're being victimized by two things. One, a lot of their matchups that kind of you know got weighted towards the end of November that were a heck of a lot of fun, like Bedlam, for instance, which is typically you know the last game of the regular season for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. That happened early. Some of the other rivalry games, you know, or, you know, Texas and TCU have been playing around Thanksgiving. That got bumped up a little early, all because the Big 12 and their infinite wisdom decided that they were going to have this stupid fucking championship game and they don't want potential rematches. So now they're throwing out what they figure is, you know, the best chance of a rematch not immediately happening right after. So. That's what we're kind of stuck with right now. And and then, you know, you got the Big Ten to where, you know, their bigger games are going to be next week. You know, there's there's a decent game in the Big Ten that we will talk about a little bit. Um, but for the most part, you got a, a conference that is, you know, fairly mediocre-ish. You know, there's still some decent teams there, uh, but they're not going to be playing each other. That's already happened or will happen in the following week. And, and then you got the Pac-12, who has just been a big old ball of parody throughout the entire week. So you're, you're seeing some more rivalry games happen uh, in the Pac-12, which we will uh, briefly talk about. Because uh, there are some things maybe at least you can kind of put on your radar, but they don't have nearly the, the same, you know, hype that would normally come along with those games. And ACC is kind of in the same boat. 
You know, uh, Miami had a uh, having a, a big week against Notre Dame. You know, they're they're going to follow it up with a game against Virginia. Uh, you know, North Carolina State's going to be playing Wake Forest, uh, a decent game, but not one that's a, you know a top twenty five on top twenty five matchup. You know, to get you all hype and excited, but that that's kind of where we are in the lay of the land. Uh, but for me, there's there's kind of three games that stand out. We'll start with the one super obvious ranked matchup. That's number 24, Michigan, heading over to number five, Wisconsin. This will be noon on Fox. And really, Wisconsin, they have had such a soft schedule. They got a little bit of a test against Iowa, and Iowa apparently used every last bit of offense against <laughs> uh, Ohio State when they put up the 55 on them. And then they couldn't even get 100 yards of offense against Wisconsin. So you look at that like, hey, that's that's good for Wisconsin. And then on the other side of it, you're like, well, maybe Iowa was a little bit more suspect and Ohio State just fell apart that week. And that seems to be based on what they did to Michigan State immediately after that loss seems to be what happened there. So now you got Michigan coming in now that they're on their third string quarterback. They've kind of found a semblance of an offense, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. It is a test for Wisconsin. I still think the Big Ten championship game is going to be the one real true test coming up this season. But, you know, as far as Wisconsin's concerned, it's time to put up or shut up. They just need to win out and find see if they can't sneak into the college football playoff here. So, you know, this will be a fairly – I mean, it's a decent way to kick off, you know, for a noon kick there. Uh, not a bad way to start the weekend, uh, to say the least. Uh, at least it's if we get a ranked matchup, it's just weird that it's it's, it's so early. That that is the one weird part of it. Um, but you know, overall, and, and Eddie and I will talk about this more later in the picks. Uh, but man, I, I really don't know what to think of Wisconsin here, and, and more so what to think of Michigan because yes, even though they're seeing to put something together with an offense, they're still uh, I would say a little bit suspect in this one. Uh, next up, you've got UCLA visiting Southern Cal. Uh, this game will look gorgeous as far as the uniforms. Uh, I love seeing the powder blues of UCLA, and you got the red for Southern Cal as well. It's 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 a very visual visual treat as far as the uniforms go here. Really cool to see that. Uh, it's one of the things I like about college football when you have the the home on home colors uh, to be able to have those games. Beyond that, I'm really not sure what we're going to get in this one because UCLA is just not look good. Uh, Josh Rosen, uh, he's got loads of talent. He's he's nobody to thumb your nose at, but we've seen multiple different times throughout the season. He alone is not enough to propel UCLA to victories, especially when they play very good teams. And right now, Southern Cal has been a very good team. After the throttling that Notre Dame gave them, all they've been doing is winning football games and winning them convincingly. They've looked like exactly what we feared they could be when they came and faced Notre Dame, and they were a shell of themselves in that game, and they found themselves and rebounded after the loss. So now you're facing another big rivalry game, and UCLA, is this is their chance to play a little bit of spoiler. Southern Cal has still yet to have a bye week all season because they got kind of screwed by the Pac-12 in scheduling. So, you know, it's up to to Southern Cal now to try to to basically, you know, they're in the driver's seat right now to to make the Pac-12 title game. So they just got to end it out on the high note, see if they can't take the conference title. And UCLA, like I said, really their defense is is pretty garbage. I mean, just let, let's rewind all the way back to when they played Memphis before they even started conference play and they just couldn't stop them. And 
<laughs> Southern Cal has just a few more weapons than Memphis. So uh, at least on paper, it doesn't look like the, the best matchup in the world uh, for the Bruins. Uh, and man, right now, uh, Southern Cal, even though they haven't had a break, that's a team that seems to have found themselves. And I would, you know, if I'm UCLA, I wouldn't want a part of them at this point. Uh, the other interesting game, you know, more so kind of, you know, front of mind on the radar because it is going to be a future Notre Dame opponent, the last future Notre Dame opponent, and that is number 22 Stanford hosting unranked Cal. Um, this will be 8 p.m. on Fox where uh, the Southern Cal UCLA game will be on ABC at the same time. And again, this is one of those things where, okay, big win by Stanford. Uh, now you really see what they, they have left in the tank. Are they going to have a big letdown, or are they going to kind of take care of business against Cal? And and really the other thing to kind of keep in, in mind here is is that Bryce Love, I really want to see what kind of condition he's in because he sure as hell didn't look very good at multiple. I mean, not stats-wise, he put together a good game. I'm talking health-wise. He, he looked very, very banged up uh, in multiple different times in that Washington game. And it just didn't look, I, I get this feeling that Shaw has written him just a little bit too hard. Uh, but even beyond that, um, the other thing I, I kind of have my eye out for here is, you know, if, if Stanford is able to get a little bit of a lead on Cal, does then Shaw hold him, hold love back? Does he try to, to coast a little bit through and get through uh, the game with Cal? Because, the bigger game is obviously next week for them, and and they're they're trying to look to uh, really dig back. I mean, they've had a rough season, a very inconsistent season, so we'll we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, but you know, again, this really kind of only on the radar because Cal is has not had the best season in the world, uh, but Stanford wildly inconsistent as well. So it's just we'll see what happens. And again, I'm watching this more than anything for a. Uh, uh, figuring out what Stanford's got left in the tank. Uh, so that'll be a nice little nightcap uh, to be able to check that out. And really, I mean, those are kind of the three games highlighted. As far as other games on my radar, uh, Georgia, no, now a uh, number seven Georgia is taking on Kentucky, a Kentucky team that's actually fairly decent. Uh, but what I'm looking at here is how does Georgia respond? You know, because they had an embarrassing loss themselves. They went into Auburn and you know they blinked they again they got bit by the turnover bug just like the irish did uh, except for them they they kind of looked like they were it, it was one of those games where they were trailing by auburn but auburn was only kicking field goals they finally got a touchdown and it just had the feeling that georgia was going to put it together then as soon as they muffed that punt it, it, it was church after that moment they blinked they blinked hard and they just couldn't recover on the road so I want to see if they can bounce back in this one and, and if they can uh, beat a, a somewhat decent uh, Kentucky team uh, but again the SEC East has been kind of a dumpster fire so it's not like Kentucky has a whole lot of big wins but it's not going to be a rollover Kentucky type matchup uh, that Georgia maybe has faced in the past uh, other games, you know, I'm looking for uh, as well. Like I mentioned, North Carolina State and Wake Forest. That's going to be a 6:30 game on ESPNU. Two Notre Dame opponents, and one to where I think either one of these are, are going to bump up the resume, uh, kind of no matter what. Here, uh, you know, NC State has looked pretty decent. Wake Forest has been looking very good, especially on their offense. They they just seem to keep on trucking, no matter what ends up happening to them. Uh, they've been playing some good football, so uh, 
just want to see how far they can keep that train rolling because uh, I have a feeling that uh, in that game, even though NC State, you know, it, it would make more sense that, hey, you would want them to win because then they can get a boost in the rankings and hold on there. At this point, especially with how much parity has been in those rankings, if Wake won that game, I wouldn't be surprised if, as far as the top 25 is concerned, they just end up switching spots there. Uh, only other thing I, I, I kind of have a somewhat of an eye on is Utah and Washington and Pac-12 after dark. Uh, just kind of see what Washington can do when they bounce back because now their playoff dreams are dead. Utah has been struggling this season. Washington is back at home, and can they bounce back? Can they? Uh, again, this is this is a lot of questions of who can actually bounce back and and who is who's just had it. Who is now? You know, the season's kind of going in the wrong direction. You know, can the top teams in the nation or the formerly top teams in the nation say, no, that was that was one game. That was an isolated incident. This is more what we're like here. Uh, Your obligatory mentions here, uh, Florida State playing Delaware State. So that would hopefully be a win for Florida State. (laughs) If it isn't, we will have quite a hearty laugh on the recap podcast. Uh, And the only other one is obligatory Baylor. They're going to go face Iowa State. Have fun with that, Baylor. Have have a lot of fun with that. At least this one's at home. Uh, They only got one more game left themselves. It's going to be Baylor and TCU next. And and like Shane and I joked on the the last pod, or or really a couple ones before that, was uh, what's going to happen if if Baylor does the unthinkable and ends up ruining everything for the Big 12 and tanks TCU? That would be quite funny. Don't think it would happen, but – that's what we're kind of staring down the barrel of. And, and folks, really, I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, you're, some of your other top top teams in the nation, they're playing FCS teams. Uh, Alabama's playing Mercer. Uh, Auburn is, is – uh, they're not playing FCS, but uh, they're, they're playing a group of five in here. They're playing Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Clemson's playing the Citadel. So you have the FCS tour. You have the, the – a lot of big, uh, excuse me, Big Twelve. I almost said Big Ten, even though there are ten teams in there, uh, like Oklahoma playing Kansas. You know, they're, they're in the top, but they're playing the team at the bottom of their conference. Uh, just, just not a whole lot to write home about there. And but hey, like I said, we'll see if craziness happens. And again, it's college. It's a week of college football, which is always good. I will, I will always take a Saturday with college football, no matter how lacking the slate may be over a weekend without it. And uh, I guess with that said, um, let's talk about number eight, Notre Dame, playing Navy. Uh, this will, of course, be 3.30 p.m. on NBC. Uh, this is the what has been deemed the Rockney Heritage Game, as there is no Shamrock Series this year uh, with the, the crossroads opening, the renovations for the stadiums. They wanted to make sure that that neutral site game actually was a home game this time around. Uh, so we will have uh, what has been revealed as the Rockney Heritage uniforms to wear I have to admit they look extremely sweet, especially the the helmets. You know, kind of having not only they still got the gold, uh, but they kind of have the old school leather helmet type pattern on them. The shoes are old school, like brown leather type cleats uh, that Under Armour put together, which are probably the best part of the uniform. And uh, the players will all have the name Rockney on the back of their uh, custom blue jerseys, which will look a little bit different this time around. So. Getting a little bit of uh, Shamrock Series type stuff at home. So getting to change it up a little bit. And this will also be senior day. So, of course, uh, last game for a lot of these players. And um, will be emotional for many of them. And hopefully they can carry that emotion into uh, a big win. Because 
like we said with a lot of these teams, can they bounce back? And that's really the question for this Notre Dame team against Navy. Can they bounce back? And and Navy's Navy's kind of a hard one to bounce back against because, you know, we, we've been through it before. We've been through the headaches with Navy, and we've seen Notre Dame teams falter against Navy. Hell, we, we just saw it last year. So it's not like we're very far removed from the last time we dropped a, a crappy game to Navy. Uh, but this one's coming off the heels of a very embarrassing loss, one that really has to take a lot of wind out of your sails. And right now, everybody's been saying the right things that, you know, hey, the loss didn't. Brian Kelly said at post game that he told him that the loss would not define him, even use the example of Southern Cal. So now it's OK. Everybody says the right things. Now you got to put it into action because really Notre Dame can settle for nothing less than a convincing victory against Navy. And while that's something that sounds easy, especially for a Navy team this season, that has struggled somewhat. I mean, this isn't they they have a a, a decent record. They're six and three right now, uh, but they lost to Temple uh, by eight, and uh, that was one to where Temple was in control of that game for the majority of it. Uh, they they dropped one to Memphis. They they of course lost to UCF as well as UCF's been destroying everybody. Uh, they managed to hold UCF to only, excuse me, only thirty one points uh, as they lost thirty one to twenty one there, and uh, they lost by a field goal to Memphis. Uh, they barely squeaked by the Ponies last week with the last second field goal uh, to to win forty three to forty. So uh, a game that um, quite frankly they probably should have lost in, in that one. Uh, and now they're going to face uh, a Notre Dame team that should be looking for blood in this one. So when when Navy has been playing good teams, they they've struggled a little bit. And and Memphis and UCF would qualify, I think, as you know, two of the best teams that they played. And, and Temple, the loss, that's, that's kind of a little bit of an aberration. And you can say, hey, you know, they're on the road, a little bit rougher, you know, of an environment for them. So maybe that's one you can kind of excuse, but. Uh, it, it's again one of these matchups to where you know Notre Dame if there's a team that they could pick on you know for lack of a better term you know it could be it should be a team that is in comparison to you undersized they're not nearly as fast you have a hell of a lot more talent on the other side uh, than what Navy's going to roll out there so especially when your bread and butter has been power running then you should be able to push that Navy line without much of an effort. You should be able this time to get to the edge with all those slow developing mesh type runs without too much of a problem. Wimbush should be able to make a lot of people look stupid with his legs. You're hoping he can remember how to pass the ball as well. So Navy isn't overloading the box and, and being able to key in on the one thing Notre Dame is going to be able to do. You still don't want Notre Dame to be one dimensional. Although they probably could get away with it in this game if they wanted to. Uh, I really do have a feeling they could do that. Now, as far as we look at Navy, I did mention they're not as good as they have been in the past. Now, one thing about Navy, and even when you look at the advanced statistics, they, they say the same thing. Very efficient on offense. They're able to put points on the board. They're able to move the ball just like you've been used to seeing a Navy team do. They're very good at it. And the advanced statistics, you know, both – the FEI and S&P Plus, have them ranked very high uh, on the offensive side of the ball here. Uh, for instance, uh, I'm looking at uh, FEI right now. Their their offensive efficiency is 22. Uh, on the S&P Plus, if you go and, and look there what their offense rank is, they're 21. So very, very high on the advanced metrics for offensive rankings. 
Now let's look at the defense. That's the the bigger story here. Uh, in the S and P Plus, uh, Navy is ranked 107th in the nation. Uh, in the F uh, and then in FEI, uh, their defensive efficiency there is ranked 80th in the nation. So that ends up putting them kind of middle to like middle low in the road. Uh, if you're looking at the overall FEI ranking, they're ranked uh, 35. Uh, the S&P Plus, uh, not nearly as kind to them. They have them all the way down at 63. Um, so as far as like equivalent opponents, if you're looking at S&P Plus, they're, they're kind of along the lines of uh, Miami, Ohio. FEI, a little bit more generous, would put them more along the lines of, get this, Michigan State. Uh, also uh, nearby is Boston College, a few spots up in the rankings, as well as Wake Forest. So that's what we're looking at, a team that Notre Dame, at least on paper, should be able to beat. And one thing that I think Notre Dame, you know, it's not just taking care of the ball. I mean, that that's obvious. We saw what happens when Notre Dame fails to do that. It does not end well. Uh, but it's also really uh, the other thing that Brian Kelly uh, brought up was, you know, falling, quote unquote, behind the chains. Or as you're going to hear ad nauseum, I'm sure in this game, is whether Navy is on or off schedule. And that really applies to Notre Dame as well. And if you haven't heard that before, you know, have gleefully tuned that out and had a, a wonderful veil of ignorance, you know, basically it's just you have to be able on first down, second down to try not to put yourself in third and impossible to freaking convert. And when you're an option team like Navy, that's even more important because the last thing you want to do is actually try to pass the damn ball unless you can absolutely avoid it. Because not only is everybody going to know it's coming, you suck at it. And right now, Notre Dame has, you know, after Miami, that's kind of what they looked like there. They couldn't run the ball. They got in third and long, and they sucked at it. And as we said, Wimbush, man, he's got all the talent in the world. He's got a great arm. It looks like his touch is just so close to being there. Uh, but like we mentioned, after that long bomb that he missed to, to E Street, it, it was – he just lost it afterwards it was like all this confidence just went out the window he was completely rattled he's gonna need to get it back because Notre Dame is you can't keep letting offenses key in on the one thing or defenses rather key in on the one thing you can do in offense because it's eventually gonna end badly for you now maybe it won't end as badly here against the Navy team to where if it really, you know, push comes to shove, if you will, that offensive line should be able to just open up all kinds of holes for Josh Adams and company just to run through like it's nothing. But we still it's one of those things where now you got to rebuild momentum because it's really something, you know, and it's not really not trying to discount Navy here or what Navy brings into here. But if we're really being honest with where we're looking at Notre Dame as a team and what we want out of the rest of the season, it's time to start rebuilding momentum. And you don't have a whole hell of a lot of time to do it because you got two games. You got Navy, who will always play you tough, who is a pain in the ass to pay with the triple option. And if you fall behind schedule, you go off schedule against Navy and you have to punt the ball because you went three and out or had a six and out or something equivalent uh, to that to where you're not getting a sustained drive. This is still a Navy team that can make you pay for that. They've still been very good at with all metrics. I mean, they lead the FBS in rushing, which is not a whole heck of a lot of a surprise. The advanced metrics show that they're very efficient on the ground. They're very good on the ground, including using the adjusted statistics here. They're not a bad team when it's on offense. It's the, Their defense is what you got to take advantage of. And what Notre Dame absolutely can't do is, 
is falter. Have those drives that go nowhere. God forbid they turn the ball over because Navy's going to do everything they can to bleed the ever-loving hell out of the clock because that's their path to victory. They can't let Notre Dame have the ball. If Notre Dame has the ball for any extended period of the time in this game, Navy is not going to be able to keep up. They're not built, and Notre Dame's a quick-strike offense. And if Notre Dame is able to score at will against Navy, it's over for them. It doesn't matter at that point what the Notre Dame defense does. Navy can't survive a shootout with Notre Dame if Notre Dame's offense is clicking. That's just not what they're built for. And Notre Dame should be able to. Uh, and and I really want to see what this Elko defense is able to do uh, against a triple option. It's not like he's a stranger to it. He's he's got had to play Georgia Tech in conference. And I really what what I really want to see here is I think Drew Chanquil is absolutely going to shine. He's always played well against triple option teams, and but the rover being so tailor made for Drew and man, I really think that is going to be a position and it's going to fit Drew so well that especially in a game like this where he's going to be able to key in on the run, he's very good at reading the option. I, I think he's going to have one hell of a game, and quite frankly, we need. Drew to have one hell of a game in this one uh, because, man, the defense is, is another part of the equation. It needs to step up. The tackling was awful. And I tell you what, nothing says get back to fundamentals, get back to doing proper angles, having proper pursuit, sealing the edge, staying on your assignments, covering your gaps, than having to defend the triple option. Because defending the triple option is all about fundamentals. The moment you, you get fooled, you blow an assignment, you take a wrong angle, is the moment a good triple offense, a triple option offense will make you pay. So in some respects, I'm almost, even though Navy is kind of a, a brutalish matchup to have on the schedule after you have such a huge letdown loss, I almost am welcoming it in a sense. Uh, and it's because you have to get back to basics to, to be able to take out Navy. And then you can build on that and go to a Stanford team that's going to do something similar they're not triple option but they're then it's going to be a physical battle then it's going to be okay this team's going to come right at you it's going to be physical it's going to be brutal and those are two games that can help you build back up some kind of confidence get every get your feet back under you and hopefully everybody stays healthy in this one as well knocking on wood as per usual here on the podcast uh because with, with the the cup blocking of navy there's there's going to be a lot of big guys that need to watch out for their knees so um that's what you really hope for one everybody comes out healthy two you really see that this notre dame defense gets the fundamentals back the offense is able to say okay we 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 shit the bed we know but we're able to come back we're able to bring this sucker back now and that's what I want to see from this team. And because if you don't, the, the other side of the coin is if you falter, if you play piss poor fun, fundamentals on defense, Navy's going to make you pay. And if you are, you know, pissing around on offense and you're getting too cute with it, you're not executing properly and you're not able to have a sustained drive and you're giving the ball back to Navy, you are also asking for it. You get sloppy with the ball. Don't give Navy a short field. Again, you're asking for it. Keep Navy in poor field position. If they're going to get drives, make them come the entire length of the field as much as possible, but also just make sure you can freaking score because Navy's – and here's the part where I think people kind of go crazy when uh, Notre Dame plays a team like Navy. While getting three and outs would be great uh, on a regular basis, 
you know, be aware Navy's probably going to get theirs because a triple option offense is one of those things. They try to brutalize you. They just try to do it three, four yards at a time. And they're not afraid to go for it on fourth down towards the middle of the field because they get, if they're doing about three yards every single time, you should only be left with a fourth and two and a fourth and one. And Navy feels like they're going to be able to pick those up if they just execute the right play properly. So that's, that's one thing to, to look out for, you know, if Notre Dame is not behind the line or having a tackle for loss every other play and Navy's having a sustained drive here or there, I, I wouldn't be overly concerned. I would be overly concerned if they drive all the way the length of the field multiple times. That's where I would start to have a little bit of panic there. But, you know, Navy is going to present a little tough and unique challenge here. But like I said, I, I like this being the the game that Notre Dame is going to have to crawl back in, have to come back with because it, it it's time to get back to fundamentals. It's time to not only get back to that, but also this is a team that you can physically dominate. This is a team you should impose your will on. So do it. And then not only do it, but make sure you get the seniors on the field all of them for the, for their senior day. I, I, I nothing breaks my heart more, you know, and than a bad Notre Dame team not being able to get against a, a team that they probably should run the score up on a little bit to get the seniors in and let them have a moment. Nothing's worse than having a crappy season and saying, "Well, well, damn, not even the seniors and the walk-ons were able to get on." They need to have their moment in the sun too. So, I mean, got to do it for the pride for one got to be able to pull it off to to come back and you know for the big picture for the momentum into next year hopefully winning a new year six game this year keeping that on the table but it's also for everybody else on the team uh, you know those walk-ons those seniors that have been dying to get onto the field give them their moment because that too will be a hell of a huge emotional lift having to go over to Stanford over Thanksgiving weekend so uh it's put up or shut up time again uh for Notre Dame and the, you know, right now, Notre Dame is still a top 10 team. It, it's time to show that that ranking isn't just a joke. You, you got to take care of Navy. You got to take care of them big. Well, all right. That, that does the preview for Notre Dame Navy. Uh, that's the preview for this college football weekend. So there's just one thing left to do. And that is time. Uh, and that one thing, rather, it's time to bring Eddie on for some picks. And folks, as always, I am joined for picks by none other than ND Eddie Mack. Well, Eddie... We had to deal with an Irish loss. I took a look at the standings last week, and um, we thought last week. So, if putting a ball in the water was what everybody did last week, uh, the week before, what what do we do in week eleven? Good grief! We uh, we drowned. We're all <laughs> dead now. It's just blood everywhere. <laughs> Only Cifari, our winner of segment one, the sole person above five hundred. Eddie, you and I went two and five uh we even said it when we were making picks we were gonna ride or die together um we we died very very badly (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know what was worse notre dame's effort against miami everyone in this pool's effort last weekend (laughs) or this upcoming slate because oh vile yeah as discussed earlier this this is not the best of weeks um thank you sec for your fcs tour the big 12 for just being uh you know putting all your great marquee games earlier in november than typical and you know the the big 10 just being generally meh acc having you know, semi-decent matchups and the pac-12 also being meh but hey we still got spreads and stuff to pick and there's still a lot to play for i mean hilariously because everybody has been so bad nobody's really out of it in segment two 
at all. And you're still, despite going two and five, Eddie, you're still right there at the top one game behind on the segment, which is incredible. Hey, you know, whatever we got to do to get that W, we'll get that W. <laughs> and like, hey, how often have we said, hey, this week might not look good on paper and then crazy stuff happens? Yeah, I mean, it is, especially this season. You know, we had asked before, and I didn't mention this before. It's like I, I'd asked the question, what would have happened in the crazy, insane 2007 season if Notre Dame was good? And the answer is we get wrapped up in the chaos ourselves. But, however, that season isn't over yet. So, I mean, with that said, Eddie, are you ready to, you know, wade into this slate a little bit, get a few picks in, throw a few space bucks around? Let's go, baby. All right, we are going to kick it off here in the ACC with the opponent that absolutely murdered Notre Dame. That would be Miami. They got another home game now, and they are going to face a 6-4 and four Virginia team. And, yeah, we're just going to keep up with this to see what Miami got. And Vegas seems to like what they have. 19 and a half. They are favored at home. Eddie, go ahead and lead us off. Let's get one back in the fairway this time, please. I mean... I'm certainly not going to pick against Miami after what they did last week. They clearly were lulling us into a false sense of security earlier this year. But not only has the turnover chain treated Miami real well, Virginia's just looking bad lately. I mean, hell, they lost by 17 to Pitt. Yeah, that was ugly. And Pitt's trash. Uh, They got waxed by 17 by Louisville last week. They are trending way down, and Miami's trending way up. I'm going to take the Canes. Well, I'm going to disagree here, Eddie. And it's not that I'm disrespecting Miami. I just, this has a feeling of too many points in a spot that could be a little bit of a letdown game. And I I 100% agree with you on the trends. Miami definitely going in the right direction. Virginia definitely not. But after you have this big emotional outburst, you know, you have your big win, you're solidified, you're going to face a team to where I would imagine Miami is going to have a handle on this game by the half. And I can see a Wake Forest, Notre Dame type backdoor here. That's just, it's a lot of points. And that's really the only reason I'm going to lean Virginia in this one, because I, I would not be surprised if I lose this at all. I would not be surprised at all if Miami wins this by three possessions easy, but I just got a feeling like if, if this was maybe closer to 14, I would take Miami for certain. I just, once we start leaning an extra possession is where I'm, eh, I feel a little off. Next up, it is the only game of worth really in the Big Ten to talk about, and that is Michigan heading on the road to Wisconsin. Wisconsin gets to play again. They, they finally get to put their big boy pants on. Uh, Iowa wasn't going to be the challenge, so... We'll see what Michigan has this time as Wisconsin is a seven and a half point favorite. I'm sure Eddie will give us his opinion on that lovely hook in a second. Uh, But fuck Michigan. Nope, not doing it. I don't think they really have it. And Wisconsin has been doing just enough. And now that they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, they can see that they're right there and they should be able to get into the playoff if they went out. I have a feeling they're going to bring it right here for Michigan. So go ahead and give me Wisconsin to cover in this one. Eddie, who do you have? I will preface this with a hearty fuck Michigan. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) I got to do it. Uh, Like you said, it's it's the hook that does it for me. Wisconsin's schedule is just fucking tissue paper soft. They haven't played anyone yet. And while Michigan may not be able to score... They can at least play some defense. 
I think Wisconsin's going to get caught. I mean, I really don't think that of teams that could go through the season undefeated, it ain't going to be Wisconsin. I think Michigan could win this game, but I certainly like him to keep it close. It is with a heavy heart, a hearty sigh, and sadness that I take the Wolverines in this one. Jesus Christ, Eddie. Yeah, that's. I, I just feel like we went into a very dark place, and we've only picked the second game. <laughs> it's, it's been dark since Saturday, but. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, sometimes you gotta lean in. Yeah. Well, um, leaning in, we're gonna take a peek in the SEC on, on one team that decided not to do the uh, the little FCS rounds this week. Is Georgia? They got to come off of a rough loss against Auburn. Uh, no longer number one in the nation anymore, but they uh, host a Kentucky team and Georgia favored by 21 and a half points here. And I must say that Auburn game left a lot to be desired, but I like them to bounce back because basically they're playing Kentucky. And if you take it, it's, it's been really weird to look at the SEC schedule because once you start, especially for a team in the East, once you start looking at the teams that have, they played, Oh, dear God, it is ugly, ugly, ugly. I look at where they face their best win. Maybe it's Tennessee. Maybe it's South Carolina. That's not really great company to be in. So I like Georgia to bounce back. They they need to get, gain some momentum because if they still have a shot at getting back in the playoff conversation. So even if it is 21 and a half points, I like them to murder Kentucky in this one. Eddie, how about you? This site... <laughs> and its bullshit hooks are a travesty to mankind. Uh, I agree. I think Georgia should bounce back. Now, granted, you were talking about the fact that it's Kentucky. This is not normal Kentucky football. They're a six and three team this year. Like you said, not many impressive wins in that six. But still, Kentucky already with six wins, not something you see too often. That being said, as much as this reeks, and I mean, <laughs> you like cartoon stench lines coming off of a backdoor cover with this 21 and a half, I think George is going to be angry and they're going to come out with something to prove, even though they really don't have anything to prove. Uh, uh, I don't like it, but I'm going to take the dogs. All right. And well, by that, I mean the Georgia dogs, not the underdogs. <laughs> well, that, see, I actually followed where you meant that time, and I knew it wasn't a dog joke. So, all right, let's 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 move on. Let's go into the ACC with, you know, not a whole lot to write home about here, but we do have a Notre Dame opponent that is still doing everything they can to hold on to their top 25 ranking, and that is North Carolina State needing to go on the road to face another Notre Dame opponent. Six and four, Wake Forest. And Wake Forest, believe it or not, is favored by one and a half points in this one. Eddie, who do you got here? I'm taking Wake. Look at what they've done the last three weeks. Put up 64 on Syracuse. They lost to us, but dropped 37 on a team that hadn't given up more than 20 all year to that point. Put 42 on Louisville. I mean, this team has been incredible on the offensive side of the ball lately especially in the second half. I like the momentum they've got. NC State still kind of banged up on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to take the Deeks here. 
Oh man, this this screams that I should take the Deacons, especially because the the smells of Vegas knowing something here that you know has like oh hey you know ranked team, but Wake is right on the edge, you know, and they could very well. I wouldn't be surprised if no matter if Wake does win this game, they would just kind of switch spots in the top twenty-five almost with North Carolina State. Uh, but I, I'm going to go ahead and lean with the Wolfpack in this one. I, I think, I, I, granted, they have been banged up. They do have some injuries, but they've had a rough stretch, and they're looking for you know something to grab back onto. They lost to Notre Dame, then they lose to Clemson, and, man, they just squeak by Boston College. I like a little bit of a bounce back here. I, I think it's, it's about due time for them to get a little bit more momentum in there. So I'm going to go ahead and take the road dog here because, you know, that's worked so well for me this season. So why, why not? Let's just go ahead and let them tank me again. All right. Well, the one thing that will be appealing about this game is the visual beauty between the UCLA Blues and the Southern Cal Reds. Uh, but other than that, I'm not sure about how good this game will actually be. Uh, it is some good old California hate here. Southern Cal will host UCLA. 15 and a half points Southern Cal is favored. And, man, I tell you what, Southern Cal, ever since Notre Dame just waxed them, they have just been on a absolute tear, scoring 48 points, 49 points, and then 38 points. And really only Arizona and Khalil Tate kind of gave them anything that resembled a little bit of a of pushing them to any kind of a limit, but it still wasn't even close. Ro Josh Rosen, he's good. He has proven over and over again he is not that good to be able to propel UCLA uh, to being able to beat any kind of a decent team. I expect that trend to continue, and I do not expect UCLA to cover at all because I remember picking them a lot last year, and they couldn't cover shit. So I just expect that to continue. With a heavy heart, give me the Trojans in this one. Eddie, who do you have? I'm going to agree with you. I I don't think UCLA is any good at all. And like you said, USC has been on a tear. I think they've just got much more talent on both sides of the ball. And you hear some weird inklings of people talking about, you know, if you get something weird going on at the top and USC wins oh, out, Jesus. what if they win the pack? What if, you know, enough anarchy gets in there? They may find themselves jumping up a little bit more than people expected. I think that'd be bullshit. But college football does some dumb stuff sometimes. <laughs> but when it comes to this game, yeah, I, I think this is going to get pretty murdery. I don't think UCLA is any good. I think Jim Mora is probably getting fired pretty soon. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take the Trojans, even though fuck USC, too. All right. Well, there you go. We got one more game in the Pac-12. Uh, that, that's Notre Dame's next and final opponent in the regular season, and that is Stanford hosting Cal. Stanford favored by 16 and a half in this one. You taking those ranked trees, Eddie? Nope. Sure not. Sure I am not. I don't care that they beat Washington last week on some bullshit, which was, ooh, some space bucks were lost on that <laughs> Cal is bad. Don't get me wrong. But there's no weird Friday night nonsense. You're looking for three scores out of a Stanford team that I'm still not convinced is that good. Plus, I think you've got some look-ahead potential for Stanford with Notre Dame next week. I could see him get caught napping. I'm thinking maybe a backdoor cover here, up three scores, they let up off the gas, and Cal gets a cheap one late. It's not a great pick, but it's a, not a great game. 
or a great week. I don't know. <laughs> we're just we're chucking at this point. We'll take the Bears. I'm taking the Bears too because I will take everything that you said plus add a little dash of Bryce Love just doesn't look right. And and I say this even though he had 150 plus against Washington, but man, he looked hobbled for parts of that game. And I, I do see exactly your scenario coming up to where Stanford has a comfortable lead. And then Shaw rests love saying, I, I need you next week. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to beat Notre Dame. So with, with that, and we've seen what Stanford looks like without Bryce Love. And it ain't pretty. It's pretty damn ugly. Uh, just ask Oregon State how bad that looks since they nearly beat them there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like a little bit of a backdoor cover action here. Um, Stanford is... Very rarely have they pulled away during their games this season. I mean, they did it against Rice, a little bit against UCLA. Everything else, been pretty close, unless your name's Oregon. Uh, that's really been the only thing that's bucked the trend. So go ahead. That's that's way too many points. That's, that's three possessions we're talking about here. So go ahead and give me the Bears. All right. That leaves us with one game left on our list, Eddie. And that is Navy coming to face a reeling Notre Dame fighting Irish team. Still a top 10 fighting Irish team and still one that Vegas likes. <laughs> Again, the hook is in a terrible spot here with a 17 and a half point spread. And man, there was a lot of me that was really feeling like I should pick Navy in this one. And part of me still feels like I should because if there's one thing Navy can do, and there's one thing that every even the advanced statistics say, is they're very efficient on the offensive side of the ball. They can choke you. They can score points. But Notre Dame has, for at least the most part, after they the Georgia loss happened, they popped back in a big fashion. Now they're really going to have to do it. It's senior day. They're going to have the, the ghost of Rockney in, in, embedded in some of these jerseys or, or what have you. And I like Notre Dame to, to come back and, and stomp Navy pretty hard in this one, or at least that's what I'm hoping for. Eddie, are you with me, or, or am I just looking through this blue and gold glasses right now? Well, those aren't the glasses I'm looking at it with. I'm looking at it as Navy's not very good. I mean, they needed a field goal to get by the Ponies last week at the buzzer. They lost at Temple by eight. I mean, this, this Navy... It's, it's weird. When you lose arguably the best player in program history, certainly in the last, shit, 30 years that they've had, it seems you get a bit of a drop-off. Uh, Notre Dame was just fucking trash last week. Oh, yes. Every part of the ball. Special teams, trash. Defense looked like fucking Brian Van Gorder was teaching him how to tackle again with all the whiff tackles. Brandon Wimbush, I... I don't know who that was. That was certainly not someone who's ever played football before because good Lord almighty. Offensive line got embarrassed. You know they're going to want to bounce back. Wimbush got pulled for a book. That's got to hurt your ego a little bit. I think they're going to come out angry, and I just don't think Navy's that good. The hook is in a terrible spot, like you said. Anytime you're on that key number, uh, it just – you can you can see the bad beat coming. You can see Scott Van Pelt talking about, and Navy scored with 26 seconds left to bring it within 17. <laughs> but fuck it, we'll go with the Irish coming on a big bounce back. Like you said, they responded well after Georgia. They know how bad that performance was against Miami. You gotta think that they're gonna want some revenge right now. 
I like the Irish pig here. Yeah. All right. Just and and also let's add protect the knees. The the over under for knee injuries needs to be zero. Stay at zero, please, dear God. Do not get hurt in this game, please, please. Yeah, McGlinchey and Q, keep your fucking heads on the swivel, <laughs> especially. And then on the defensive side of the ball, everybody just watch yourselves. <laughs> All right, well, there you have it. Make sure to come join us, herlittlesons.com slash pick'em. And as has been proven week after week, nobody's ever really out of it. It has been absolute insanity these past couple of weeks. So, Eddie, hopefully we get a little bit of a rebound here. And with that said, send us off good, sir. We always say there's no such thing as a bad week in college football. Admittedly, we are testing the theory this week. <laughs> It's it's an ugly slate. I won't lie to you. You got the annual SEC SoCon challenge. You got the Big 12 with their weird back-to-back avoidance because of the title game. You got the Big 10. It's just kind of dumb and terrible. But it's still college football. And as we get closer to Thanksgiving, it's about remembering what you're thankful for. Middle of July, you'd be begging for a week like this. So just keep that in mind. If nothing else, it's less time you have to spend in the real world talking to people. Because what's worse than talking to people these days? Everything's terrible. But college football still loves you. It doesn't seem like it after Saturday. I know. It hurt. But think of the money you save on traveling to a title game. Think of the hassle you avoid having to try and find tickets. Life could be worse. If you had told me that at this point in the year we'd be a number eight in the country well i'd have called for you to be committed but hey it's still been a fun season we can still beat the hell out of navy let's have a little fun go irish hail gambler and as always i want to thank eddie for coming on and doing the picks with us as always Folks, man, that, that pick them. God, it's such a bloodbath. I can't believe we both went two and five. Hopefully things end up much, much better this time around for, for Eddie and myself and, and as well as the Irish. Uh, typically, this would be the, the personal update time. And I'll tell you what, my personal update is I am so happy this is my last full week of work for the month, as I mentioned before. Because it has just been insanely, insanely busy. Uh, everybody trying to get in a, a pre-holiday rush. Uh, and I'm going to be very much looking forward to, uh, as soon as I'm done on Friday, just taking it easy, enjoying uh, the weekend, enjoying a short week next week, which should be a little bit slower than usual with the vacations that everybody's taking going on. And then, man, enjoying a, a nice, relaxing Thanksgiving holiday, having family in town. I, I'm ready for it. And... Uh, also, it's one of those points of this the season as well, just kind of doing a grind and, and, you know, trying to get podcasts out, videos out, er, er, you know, all this different stuff. Uh, kind of seeing the light at the end of that tunnel. It's been a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. The season has been great. Uh, but, man, it, it does get wearing. And I think it, it kind of magnifies a little bit that when you hit November and you have just, just an absolutely fucking brutal loss like what happened in Miami, you know, it makes you sit back when you're tired. It's like, shit, man, <laughs> it's, it's, it's worse than I even feel like. I mean, winning winning makes it all feel better. Uh, it, it makes you feel like you're not as tired when you're up late, either recording a podcast, editing a post or whatever I might be doing over for her little sons. Uh, 
But, man, I tell you what, this is definitely a hell of a lot better than it was last season. That is for damn sure. But I'm looking forward for the Irish getting back on track. And I'm looking forward, hopefully, for a big Irish win here. And, folks, as always, thank you for joining us. Make sure you join us all the time. Subscribe, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean. Of course, you can always find us at HerLittleSons.com. Find us at Discord or live chat channel, HerLittleSons.com slash Discord. Email the show, podcast at HerLittleSons.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDTex. Shane at SupermanTDJesus. As always, folks, go Irish. Beat the hell out of Navy. Have a good one, y'all.